Well, it looks like America is once again under direct threat of a cult. Uh, I'm not talking about the communists. I'm not talking about Freemasons or Illuminati. Uh, I'm not talking about a religious cult. I'm not talking about Satanism cult. I think that the essence of our country is under direct attack by the cult of safety. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle here with Steve Green and Scott Ott, and we have a, a, a action-packed uh, right angle for you here today. Uh, gentlemen, it's a well-known story. This will be the 194,000th time I tell it, but I'm saw the Thunderbirds as a boy when I was uh, six or seven in Bermuda, and it rewired my brain on the spot, and, and th that was that. Uh, it turns out that uh, this past weekend, as we record this, both the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels were uh, doing uh, an air show at Point Magoo, which is a 45-minute drive for me. So I decided to trot on out there, and I hadn't seen these guys in 40 years, something wow. like that. Uh, so um, let me just show you a couple of just super quick uh, highlights of this Get a, take a close look, forget the idiot in the foreground who's losing his mind, and just, just take a look at what the Jets are doing in the background because I have a kind of a point to make. So here's what Point Magoo looked like la uh, last Saturday. After the show was over, I was pretty disappointed. I, I looked at the shows and I thought, that's funny because I really thought that when I was a boy, I thought it was much, much more impressive than that. And I just went through all the typical adult things, you know, well, everything looks good when you're seven, yeah. right? Houses are bigger and everything's louder and faster and a house you may have grown up in when you were little, you go back and see it as an adult. You just can't believe how much smaller the place got, right? That's I, I just wrote it off to that. And then I managed to find something on the internet, on, on YouTube, the miracle of YouTube. I found by weird, happy coincidence of a, a Super 8 film taken in 1966 at Kinley Air Force Base in Bermuda, where the Thunderbirds were in F-100s, and I was at that show. I found video, uh, film, awesome. of, of the event that rewired <laughs> my life. And... I'm going to show you a few clips of this now, and I just want you to visually compare this to what you just saw in terms of the modern air show. So take a look at this. Well, now, um, my uh, initial reaction, which is still has not worn off, is that I'm glad I was not as delusional as a child as I thought I had been. It, there's no question that what I saw as a, as a boy was one or two orders of magnitude more impressive than what I saw last weekend. And obviously, the reason they've done this is for safety. I have a friend named Steve Stipp, who was an air traffic controller. He was in Germany in the mid-80s, went to go see an air show at Rhineman Air Force Base, and was there in person during one of the worst air show accidents of all time with an Italian demonstration team uh, collided in midair. 
one of the guys was flying uh, perpendicular to the crowd. The wreckage went in, killed almost 80 people and mm. injured 200 more. And so safety is important. Yeah. And since that accident, they no longer do air shows that go over the crowd. Everything is parallel to the crowd. So if there's a collision, the wreckage is going to go that way. This makes sense. You don't, want, you don't want the risk it, of the civilians. No, so, so, right, right. So this is, what, this is what I'm trying to calibrate this thing. Some degree of safety is important, and, and, and that's one of them. But what I saw... At Point Magoo, Steve, was so safe that it wasn't interesting anymore. Sterile. You know, it was so safe. It was sterile. Perfect. That's exactly the word. It was It was much further away, much higher, much quieter, and and much less visceral. And, and since the entire purpose of the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels are recruiting tools, I didn't see a lot of kids out there, but if I'd been seven— out there watching what I saw on Saturday, I'm not entirely sure it would have done to me what it did to me when I saw them in 1966. Yeah, um, I'll get to that in a sec. Uh, you ask my wife where she grew up, and she'll tell you at NATO. Uh, her dad was <laughs> awesome. a uh, was, was an F4 pilot. Um, uh, I didn't it, know that. Yeah, and uh, I know I've mentioned this before. Um, he flew uh, F4s over North Vietnam. He was a forward air controller, and uh, that was a that was a You've got a picture coming back from one mission where he could stick his arm through the hole the North Vietnamese shot in his wing. Um, that was good guy. Uh, they lived in, uh, they did two different tours in Spain, one at Torjon, the other at, I can't remember the name of the base, uh, tour in Germany. Uh, they got chased out of Greece. Uh, he was the base commander. This is after his flying days were over. He was the base commander wow. at uh, Hellenicon. And the, uh, what is it, the N-19 Greek, Greek terrorist group, their hobby was... Uh, uh, shooting American officers when they got the chance. Uh, they got a, a lowdown on where they lived in Athens because it's a tiny Air Force base. So they lived in the city. And the Air Force decided that it would be safer for uh, Dick and his family, uh, one high school's, uh, two high school students and one middle schooler at the time and his, and his wife, to get in a minivan, uh, take a ferry to Italy, drive all the way up Italy, drive all the way up, France and get on another ferry into England where he was taking over as base commander at RAF Lakenheath. It was safer to do all that than to fly out of Athens. Now that okay. now that these Greek terrorists knew who he was, so this he's a big it's a big yeah. guy in the air force. Yeah. Um, and his uh, his squadron, I think it was at Torjon. This was uh, I believe seventy eight or seventy nine. Was the first uh, first air force squadron in Europe to get issued F sixteens. So he's he's very proud of that. Great guy. And every time we hear a jet fly overhead, which is pretty often, uh, we live almost within visual distance of the Air Force Academy. And in fact, Dick and Paula's house is within visual distance of the Air Force Academy. You can see the the chapel from their living room windows. It's 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 great. Um, Melissa still says the same thing that her mom said when she was a little girl living on all these NATO bases. You hear the fighter fly over and you say, that's the sound of freedom. And... I just, I love that. That, that, that. I didn't grow up like she did, but that, that is just deep in my bones from the, from the first time she said that to me. And fighter pilots don't exist in a safety culture. I'm not sure they can exist in a safety culture. It's, it's dangerous work flown with dangerous weapons moving very fast and often very close to the ground. Um, you go back to the 1950s at, uh, at Edwards where we were losing what a, a, a test pilot every week, uh, sometimes. Well, they had a twenty-five. They had a twenty-five percent chance of being killed on a on any individual flight 
uh, and those are are not good. That was at the that was at the absolute height. Of yeah, it. and that and that's when when jet engines were were new, and you know we were rocket planes, supersonic and, flight was new, yeah, and and all the rest. Uh, there's just a lot less reliability back then, but that is ingrained. That 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 risk culture is ingrained in the fighter pilot community because I think it it has to be, and you have to show the public that. And I, I'm not kidding here. I don't I I don't think. They should go back to the way they, they used to do things, where if there is, God forbid, an accident, that 80 people in the crowd are going to get killed by the wreckage. But I think the public has to see more than just the ooh and ah of the way up there aerial yeah, acrobatics. Yeah, it's sanitized. It's, it's, it, it's, they, they've safetyed all of the fun out we, of it, Steve. We as civilians, we we get our danger thrills the fake way. You know, we'll do a uh, we'll go to the amusement park and ride the roller coaster. You get the feel of danger, but you're not actually in any danger. You know, we'll do a. I, I did a couple of tandem skydives. I didn't have to know a damn thing because uh, I wasn't wearing right. a parachute. I'm wearing a parachutist. Um, yeah, yours <laughs> could have been a sack of potatoes, right? So uh, that's the worst thing I had to do was step out of the plane first and. After that, my job is done. I'm along for the ride. Um, so as civilians, we still crave that, that, that danger. We just want to do it in safety. You can't do that for the military. And not only can you not do it for the military, but we civilians need to get some taste of what it is they have to do. Or we lose that bond between the civilians and the military. And I know a lot of that may That's be right. gone already. But one way to get it back is to bring those air shows back to something a lot closer, like what you saw when you were a little boy. Yep. Uh, Scott, this question's uh, actually kind of two questions. Um, I'm, I'm a reasonable person. I think, as I mentioned, flying parallel to the crowds is, is, is just good safety. And I think probably the idea of kids wearing bike helmets is, is, is worth it, right? I mean, that's a pretty simple thing to do. It's like everything else. It just goes too far, right? We we now live in a world where there are no playgrounds anymore, and if there are playgrounds, they're covered with you know six inches of rubberized uh, cubes, and there are no swings, and there are no there are no uh, merry grunts, no monkey bars. You might fall and hurt yourself, and and the cult of safety can get to the point where it actually makes you more anxious over time if you become obsessed with this idea that my oh my god my child fell off of off of the monkey bars you know if if that's going to be like oh my god it's the end of the world then you pass that anxiety on to the kid that kid passes his anxiety on to his kid next thing you know we're all living in plastic bubbles and and it's it's not much fun anymore i mean that's what that's that's what the pursuit of happiness is right it's it's that's we're here to have fun well and if you don't um if you create those super so-called safe playgrounds, um, kids will just go out into other areas and make up their own apparatus. I mean, we spent more time in the woods, uh, you know, crawling around on dying trees <laughs> that, that at any moment could have a branch give way. And, and actually, my brother had some spinal injuries because of a race that we had up to adjacent pine trees um, and he slipped and fell and I was I was at the near the top of this pine tree and I just hear in the tree next to me I can't see him because of all the pine boughs I just hear this as he fell out of the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down exactly so um, that actually saved him 
but that, yeah, yeah, actually, it, it broke his fall by breaking his back. Um, but it, uh, I, I am in our, a refugee of the walk it off generation. Um, you know, if I fell off the playground <laughs> apparatus, dirt in it. there was practically no injury that you couldn't walk off. <laughs> Like uh, most of the time, you could just walk that right off. Uh, you know, um, I I hate to see somebody, even the pilot, get injured or killed in an air show that's being put on for entertainment. It's one thing to go into battle and put your life at risk. It's another thing to be on, you know, a, a recruiting uh, kind of show business entertainment thing and get injured or injure someone else or kill someone else. So I, I fully understand that. And I think any reasonable safety precaution around populated areas or areas where there are crowds or tall buildings or anything like that is totally reasonable. We had an air show tragedy not too long ago here in the Dallas area, uh, where a mm-hmm. small plane cut a World War II kind of bomber plane B-17. in half. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and it was horrifying and uh, to see that video. Nobody but the people on board the planes were injured. But nevertheless, uh, you mentioned that you didn't see a whole lot of kids at the air show. And my guess is that's because uh, the kids that would have been at the air show are at home flying their jets 10 feet off the ground. Um, they are they are with VR headsets or video games. I went into this in a lot of detail and, last night. Yeah. And they are they are tearing it up. You know, they've got plumes of dust coming off the ground as they as they peel along at the fastest speeds that they can generate. Um, it also occurs to me that you're going to have a hard time getting the best pilots to participate as part of the Thunderbirds um, or any of the other kind of air show groups uh, because the best pilots want to challenge themselves constantly. And uh, when you, you know, get up at those higher elevations and you're not really pushing the envelope, so to speak, um, it becomes less of a challenge for them. And therefore they'd rather put their skills to something else, um, you know, rather than go out and, and put on a show. So, you know, and, and again, if it were my kid, I would be saying, yeah, I'd like to see him about 4,000 feet up <laughs> like, and I'll watch him on the monitor. They could have the chase drone following along getting footage and I'll see him on the big screen that's down on, on the tarmac. Um, so, you know, so I get that part of it, but there is there is a sense in which you f- feel a sense of loss where you're like, you know what? There was there was daring, there was adventure, there was challenge, there was a an implied that afterburner thrust and vertical lift from the thirty feet off the tarmac said, uh, "You think you could be one of us? Watch this." Yes, uh, I, I agree with everything you said. With with one small quibble, um, th- the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels are the ultimate prestige uh, posting for yeah, anybody they're, they're in so in, the, in aviation, and and this is kind of the point. What the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels were doing when I saw them on Saturday was no different than what they were doing fifty years ago in terms of the difficulty. They're still flying. It's not like they're flying, you know three airplanes apart now they're still flying with their wingtips the 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 blue angels used to advertise were a broomstick length away and they're still doing that so the risk is still there the skill is still there all of that stuff is still there it's just so far away that you don't get to experience it um uh natasha shot that video uh and there were and she caught a few moments of me going yay but she missed the moments when i went yeah and that's when these things come in so fast that it just blows your mind and i saw that twice on on saturday mm. so look here's 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 the point of all this folks the 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 easy point is is that as with all of the rest of these woke recruitment things i'm not i'm not saying that, that what i saw was woke by any means but 
But the kind of people that are going to be turned on by this are going to be the kind of people who who see this, feel that adrenaline rush, and instead of going, oh, my God, it's so dangerous, want to go like, oh, my God, I, I got to do that. Yeah. That's something I can directly relate to. So if you're going to have a demonstration team to recruit uh, fighter pilots, then you need to make it as much as as close to the uh, to the visceral power of it as you can. And you're hurting your own recruiting by keeping the air shows that far away from, from people. It's just yeah. becoming pointless. You can make yeah. the case that you could put it four miles out there at 2,000 feet, and then you wouldn't have any safety issues. You wouldn't have any recruits either. So there's that. Uh, but the larger point, I think, is the, is the overall cult of, of safety that, that we've developed. The this helicopter parent idea of everything has to be padded, everything has to be buffered safe. We got to remove any any potential form of danger. Makes your makes you neurotic, and it makes your kids neurotic. And it, it, what it does is it sends them a signal saying the world is a very dangerous place, you know, and it's out to get you all the time. And there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, I, I love what Scott said about being part of the walk it off generation, like like all previous generations. You know, you got banged up a little bit. You know, you get the wind knocked out of you. Oh, you, 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 maybe, you, maybe you break a leg or sprain. I've never broken a bone in my life. We had a hard, we had a hard deck as a kid in terms of what line we would not cross, and the line we would not cross were rock fights. I remember when somebody <laughs> said rock fight, I said, "Holy cow!" You're firecrackers, you know, at each rock other, fight, though, right? Rock fight is a serious business, right? There's a rock fight. They had a rock fight. Oh my god! So we didn't do one. rock fights, but were you? I Holy actually, God, man, I, I walked. I, I want to sh- walk, shake your hand. I walked into one that was happening. Believe it or not, at a Boy Scout camp. I wasn't part of it. I was waiting in a stream, and all of a sudden, this group of boys stood up from behind the railing of a bridge I hadn't seen, and then another group of boys were behind the rocks in the stream, and I hadn't seen them either. And all of a sudden, <sighs> rocks started flying back and forth oh, between them, man. and I'm in the middle. <laughs> It's like Lord of the Flies. Oh, what? Um, my buddy, <laughs> hang on. My buddy Kevin and I used to make uh, guns out of pipe, and we would. We'd get huge, just gross after gross of black cap bottle rockets, and we'd shoot them at each other. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's not a oh, rock fight. A yeah, what's the worst that could go wrong? Get hit days. by a rocket, no big deal. It's a rock fight, a serious yes. business. But but my point is this. Safety is an important consideration. The crowd safety is key because the, the, the people in attendance are not assuming the level of risk that the that – the, the professionals performing the show do assume. And by the way, this just needs to be said. This idea that, you know, that their Thunderbirds or Blue Angels crashing into the ground every every year or something. Yeah. The, the last time we had an accident was 20 years ago, I want to say, for the Thunderbirds, maybe longer. They're exceedingly rare. These guys are, ex- and, and women, by the way, there's a, was a, I know for a fact there's a woman in the Thunderbirds. I couldn't tell who it was. Uh, she was doing a as good a job as anybody else. So, all I'm saying about the safety thing is, yes, there are some sensible safety things like wearing a bike helmet is sensible. Keeping the jets so that the potential wreckage doesn't go into the crowd is sensible. But you can over-safety things. You can take the flavor out of life. You can desaturate life to the point where it's not even life anymore. And and that's a real loss. And I feel sorry for, for, for uh, kids today for not having had that same level of power in terms of the trigger because that experience that you saw with those jets on that grainy super eight that rewired my brain in real time and i did not get that experience today and that's a shame because that 
is the kind of people we need in our military. Those are the kind of people that have kept this country free. And, and most importantly, these guys are not adrenaline junkies. They're not out there taking risks. Their entire life consists of avoiding danger. That's what they do. They train and train and train and train and train yeah. to not have accidents. And, and that is a, a skill set that's also uh, in, in strong demand in society that's also declining. So anyway, I say bring them in lower, make them go faster, bring them in a little bit closer, keep them parallel to the crowd, and you'll start getting some of the people that you need to fly these jets rather than having them sit at home doing it on on virtual reality headset. Because when a jet goes by at 600 knots on full afterburner, it is impossible to not simply have your mouth open and just go. <laughs> First the jet, then the sound. For uh, Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. We'll see you next time on Right Angle.